You ever watch this guy on television? You all were not telling the truth, and you should not be trusted. Congressman Matt Gates, thank you for what you yeah. did for your country tonight. Be offended with the Democratic whip, not House Republicans. Like a machine, Matt Gates. Welcome to Hot Takes. I'm Congressman Matt Gates. Let's talk about the news. It's debate night in America again. Tonight in Salt Lake City, the vice presidential debate between Vice President Pence and Senator Kamala Harris. And the late-breaking news in the debate coverage is that the vice president has agreed to allow Senator Harris to erect a plexiglass structure to protect her, presumably from the virus. Uh, the thing that I think most folks need to realize is that there is no feature of these debates uh, that is not an element of strategy in some respect, whether it's the height of the podium, the way the microphones are activated, whether or not notes are allowed. So make no mistake, this move to erect the plexiglass uh, is a move for advantage, uh, at least in the minds of the Democrats. Vice President Pence's spokesperson, Katie Miller, who works in the White House and actually had and uh, has gone through the viral cycle of coronavirus, uh, she said Senator Harris can build a fortress if she likes. Uh, it won't bother the vice president one way or the other. Here's my hot take. There's a way for the vice president to turn this into an advantage. Obviously, Senator Harris believes that having a physical structure there will be a prop, a physical reminder that the coronavirus is still very much a part of our lives, that we need to take protective measures, and she believes, and the Democrats believe, it'll be a physical reminder of the failure to keep coronavirus out of the White House. But the vice president's elite trait in politics is his authenticity. Uh, he truly has a way to come across as a deeply empathetic and caring and thoughtful man. And I think that if he doesn't have this structure, and Senator Harris does, there's a way for the vice president to connect with that greater degree of intimacy and concern. And I think he's got an opportunity to shift life away from the present moment of coronavirus to our future beyond it, whether it's a, as a consequence of Operation Warp Speed and the development of vaccines or therapeutics in the case of remdesivir, which Dr. Fauci called you know, a, a miracle drug, a, a drug that the president took uh, a drug that seems to dramatically decrease the fatality rate uh, for those who are afflicted with coronavirus. So uh, if the vice president is hopeful, if he is looking to the future, if he is his usual caring and empathetic self, I wouldn't want to be Senator Harris sort of boxed into this plexiglass dungeon that she's constructing for herself. We'll see. I'll be excited about it. We'll play debate clips tomorrow and break down the coverage. The McCluskeys have been indicted by a grand jury. The McCluskeys, remember, were the Missouri area couple who were bombarded by protesters who saw their property destroyed, who were in fear for their lives, and who uh, actually had to utilize their Second Amendment rights, access their firearms, and stand guard outside their home. And it became really a symbol, a meme, might some say, for you know, how a lot of Americans would feel if we just surrendered the streets to the mob. And so the McCluskeys became somewhat a folk heroes among those of us who just, you know, would like to see our streets safe and accepting of all Americans. And uh, they spoke at the Republican National Convention. Take a listen 
to those remarks. Good evening, America. We are Mark and Patty McCloskey. We're speaking to you tonight from St. Louis, Missouri, where just weeks ago you may have seen us defending our home as a mob of protesters descended on our neighborhood. What you saw happen to us could just as easily happen to any of you who are watching from quiet neighborhoods around our country. Whether it's the defunding of police, ending cash bail so criminals can be released back out on the streets the same day to riot again, or encouraging anarchy and chaos on our streets. It seems as if the Democrats no longer view the government's job as protecting honest citizens from criminals, but rather protecting criminals from honest citizens. The news now, though, is that they're facing additional charges. CBS 4 St. Louis has the story. Charges tonight against the Central West End couple accused of pointing guns at protesters over the summer. This as they railed against city officials today, saying the government is persecuting them. A grand jury, of course, can always choose not to indict someone, but the grand jury here in this case chose to indict and also add additional charges. The defense attorney, though, in the case says that's not surprising. He believes the grand jury simply did not have all of the facts. In fact, News 4 has learned that the lead investigator for the police that's been investigating this case was never called to testify before the grand jury. Every single human being who was in front of my house was a criminal trespasser. They broke down our gate. They trespassed in our property. Not a single one of those people is now charged with anything. Mr. McCluskey has, I think, the right hot take. He wonders why the protesters aren't being charged. The people who broke his fence, the people who threatened his safety and security, none of the people who were there rioting or engaging in destructive behavior uh, saw any trespassing charges, yet these brandishing charges brought against the McCluskeys seems to set a double standard. Uh, we will continue to watch the case, and I continue to believe that justice ought to be on the side of those who are protecting their property protecting their lives from the mob. Censorship on digital platforms is starting to take a variety of forms, in some cases with employees at these places, just going full woke-topian and seeking to censor content that they don't like that might be hosted on a platform that is supposed to be non-biased or neutral. This seems to be the case at Spotify, where some of the employees are starting to complain about the content offered on Joe Rogan's podcast. Joe Rogan signing a $100 million deal with Spotify for his exclusive podcast content, and we certainly congratulate him on that. Wow, something to aspire to. But Joe Rogan, you know, sometimes says things that are politically incorrect. That's pretty much why it's viewed as the number one podcast out there. But Joe Rogan... Uh, decided to mock back uh, at some of those Spotify employees making this video, uh, I guess spoofing the Spotify employees with complaints. Listen to just some of the things that, uh, that he, I guess, a little bit tongue-in-cheek says that he might not be able to talk about. Instead of hearing what Joe has to say, his audience would rather hear what we want him to be able to say. His audience just isn't intelligent enough to know what they want to hear. But luckily here in the SJW wing, we can think for them because we're highly intelligent people. Well, kind of. I identify as a cat. But the executives at Spotify won't cater to our demands. It's almost like they value a $100 million asset more than a $49,000 asset. These high-level business executives just don't know how to do business. I mean, do a lot of people listen to Joe Rogan's podcast? Yes. But would even more people listen to a heavily censored version of that same podcast? Also yes. <laughs> Me. Our demands are that Joe Rogan cannot be broadcast talking about the following. 
trans issues because he's transphobic. Women, because he's a man, which means he's not a woman, which means he's misogynistic. Gay people, because he doesn't want to have sex with men, which makes him homophobic. Racial issues, because he's always having his black friends on his show and giving them massive publicity and help for their careers, which he only does because he's white and he feels guilty about being white, as he should, because he's a racist. Here's my hot take. Stay Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. I'm sure you will. It's been working. Don't cave to the Woketopia. Negotiations for an additional coronavirus relief bill are off. AP has the story. President Trump calling an end to negotiations, tweeting that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi was not negotiating in good faith and asked Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to direct all of his focus before the election to confirming his U.S. Supreme Court nominee, Amy Coney Barrett. Andrew Taylor wrote it up for the Associated Press. We'll put it out on social media. It appears, though, what we predicted on the podcast, you know, a week or so ago is right, that there's not really a good faith effort on the part of Nancy Pelosi uh, to do anything that could give the president a win this close to the election. Uh, I thought that continuing to have Secretary Mnuchin go to the Hill and try to work with Speaker Pelosi uh, largely just gave her a platform. Uh, it didn't really generate any real momentum for a bipartisan solution or even just up or down votes on the individual issues like the Paycheck Protection Program or stimulus direct to our fellow Americans whose jobs have been deemed illegal for a great deal of time. Uh, you know, I think those would achieve a lot of bipartisan support. And again, as we've covered, uh, they have not gotten that opportunity to have that up or down vote. And it appears now that the alternative to individually voting on these things, having uh, a large, comprehensive, negotiated deal uh, is also not going to come to bear. The president is optimistic that after the election, that there will be a stimulus bill focusing on hardworking Americans and small business, according to his tweets. Let's hope so, Mr. President. Secretary Scalia over at the Department of Labor is making moves, utilizing interim final rule authority. The U.S. Department of Labor issues a rule to protect the wages of American workers. We'll go into the rule. This is for immigrants here under the H-1B program, the H-1B-1 program, and the E-3 program. So in those cases, uh, the interim rule that the Department of Labor has now promulgated requires non-immigrant workers to be recruited and paid higher than the immigrant workers utilizing the prevailing wage. Uh, also, this will ensure that you don't have these programs utilized to undercut American jobs or American workers. And where these programs are utilized, you have the non-immigrant workers making the higher wage amount. So a good America first policy executed by the Trump administration creatively developed and uh, really achieved by the Department of Labor under Secretary Scalia. Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe remains hard at work exposing the Russia hoax. Brooke Singman with Fox News has the story, DNI declassifies Brennan Notes' CIA memo on Hillary Clinton stirring up scandal between Trump and Russia. This is exclusive to Fox News. Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe on Tuesday declassified documents that revealed former CIA Director John Brennan 
briefed former President Obama on Hillary Clinton's purported plan to tie then-candidate Donald Trump to Russia, quote, as a means of distracting the public from her use of a private email server, close quote, ahead of the 2016 presidential election. Ratcliffe declassified Brennan's handwritten notes, which were taken after he briefed Obama on the intelligence the CIA had received and a CIA memo, which revealed that officials referred to the matter to the FBI for potential investigative action. It was Hillary trying to stir up trouble, accusing Donald Trump of being somehow compromised by Russia when the reality was she was this was all a distraction. It was all to not have focus placed on her use of a private email server. And folks will remember that back in, you know, June, July of twenty seventeen, it was myself, Ron DeSantis, Jim Jordan, Andy Biggs, Louis Gomer fighting in the House Judiciary Committee to get a special counsel to investigate both sides of the 2016 presidential election because that would have pierced the plan developed by Hillary to utilize Russia as a distraction. But the process was the punishment. They intended to delegitimize the president rather than debate him. Now the truth is coming out. Good job, Director of National Intelligence, John Ratcliffe. Thanks for listening to Hot Takes. I'm Congressman Matt Gates. Give us a hand and throw a five-star rating on Apple iTunes if that's your podcast listening platform. And no matter where you're listening, make sure you subscribe so each and every day you can join us for more hot takes. Hot takes.